socks. White socks. Go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can put it on the board. Yeah. It's a perfect game. Right out goes. Grand slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez. He's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter, Ecknerwall23, Lawrence spelled backwards, 2-3, and Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill. Our show is at Locked On Sox on Twitter, Instagram, and thank you for making Locked On Sox your first listen of the day. We know you have many other choices, but thank you for making us the first. Locked on Socks is free and available on all platforms, including Locked on Socks on YouTube. Go there and subscribe right now. 312-566-8727 is the way you can leave a voice message or LockedOnSocks at gmail.com for your emails. Chris, how's your weekend doing? I'll get to my weekend in just a second. I should add, though, uh, you made us your first listen. Now go on ahead and make... Locked on MLB, your second listen. Our guy Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully for God's sakes. He brings his unique perspective on the major leagues, past and present. He's also free and available on all platforms. So shout out to Sully, uh, who I just spoke to. Actually, thanks a lot for that, Herb. Uh, I got the call from our guy Sean Woodley to be on with the Locked on MLB show. Oh, we had a great time. Uh, Locked on Astros was there, and I think maybe we'll talk to him and give a play, get a playoff preview later on in the week. But I got a chance to talk about the Sox uh, with Locked on MLB crew and Sully. So uh, very. Good. My apologies, I was locked on drunk. <laughs> I heard. That's <laughs> what so you sobered up now. I'm, how many lemonade shandies can one man have to get? Uh, or excuse me, what would you have the uh, the steel reserve, the, uh, the the blueberry steel reserve? What was flowing there in the uh, at the old ball yard? How was your day at the old ball yard? You you evaded the rain. It looks like most of the day. Yes. Yes. Um, I did start off with the Sac- Sagatuck blueberry lemonade shandy. <laughs> Had two of those, yes. double-fisted, of course. I didn't want to go at, back up to this line, so I had two of those initially. Then my people came, uh, Shake, Shaquille Taylor, uh, Janice Scurrio. They were busy. They were, at the, they were at the Sky Jake. game. They went to see the Chicago Sky today, then they bounced over there, right? They're busy. Dude. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, originally, originally Courtney was going to come through, um, but, you know, things with rain and also her law school stuff, uh, pervaded that from happening, and then Tony, I asked him a couple days ago. Tony like, who? Hey, Tony Gill. Sorry. Oh, thank you. I, yeah, I asked him a couple days ago. I was like, "Hey, man, gonna go to the game with us? I got a free ticket for you." Oh man, awesome! I'm in. Then he texts me back on Saturday. He's like, "Oh man, it's during the Bears game." I'm like, "When the hell else do you think the White Sox play on a Sunday?" Like they play on Sunday afternoon. Like this one was at two o'clock. And so he's like, no, I got to go. I got to work. Like, come on now. And so I had no one to go with, which is fine. I'll go. And the weather forecast wasn't great. So I was thinking like it was going to get banged anyways. But it was good times. I invited them. I saw they were at the Sky game and it was ending right around when the start of the White Sox game started. So they did the double dip. We went down to the bullpen sports bar. Talked to Derek Holland, former White Sox great Derek Holland, through the bullpen glass 
and he was making fun of my Illini football, and I told him <laughs> Illini basketball is going to be much better. And so I've uh, had a little DM conversation through Instagram. Oh, you got you got to get him on the show. That I don't um, think the I don't think the Tigers have made the postseason, correct? So I don't think he's going to be doing anything. I'm checking. Uh, no, <laughs> so, today's kind of wild. It. Today's a wild day in baseball, so I want to make sure the Tigers didn't eke in there at the last possible moment. Uh, but yeah, yeah just Dar- missed it. Did he do his uh, impersonation of Harry Carey's impersonation of, of Will Ferrell's impersonation of Ryan Dempster's impersonation of Harry Carey as Will Ferrell as Harry Carey? Did he do that? Uh, he did not. <laughs> okay, uh, but apparently he's a. Decent enough, solid enough guy. Oh, yeah. Then you get like other reports of people. But the conversation I had with him through the glass of the bullpen uh, sports bar, it was pretty what, good. It was, was it good glass interaction? Or, glass or fence? Did they put glass over the fence well, out there, there? There's a fence and then there's a glass. Like old school, you know, bullpen sports bar, there's a big, huge uh, okay. uh, glass and then there's a fence separating us also. So, yeah, but he was just, you know, mouthing words like, <laughs> Oh, I like uh, Janice had typed out Illini because he was asking my team and she typed out and he read it and looked at it and rolled his eyes like, oh, and I was like, no, and I did the basketball pantomime. He's like, yeah, they're pretty good. And then he's like, like gave them M sign for Michigan. I was like, come on now. We smoked them like a J without IO last year. We're going to not do it again this year. And so we went back and forth and I DM. I was like, hey, man, good conversation. We'll get uh you know, more conversation when Illini and Michigan play in the college basketball series this year. What's his Michigan connection? He's, he's an Ohio kid. Did he go to Michigan? I'm trying to, I'm looking at his Wikipedia here. It doesn't say anything about where he went to school, but I know maybe I, he's that guy who just, you know, latches on to the local team that he plays for. Oh, don't trip. He went to Wallace state community college. So, you know, it's, Big Great. time Michigan fan. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea where Wallace State is. It could be right down the road. But yeah, it's always funny. People always, you know, latch on them to Michigan. Like you know, uh, a lot of people in our generation. I, I know, you know, Jason Goff's a, a Michigan guy because of Fab Five, understandably so. But yeah, Michigan's always like you always find a Michigan fan out there in these. Streets. Wallace State is in down the street from Michigan. So it is. That was, wow. Hansville, no, Hansville, <laughs> Alabama. Oh, we're all damn tired. All right. Well, he's I was close. Um, but yeah, it's always weird. Uh, you know, maybe he was just, you know, posturing for his, you know, Tigers bullpen mates. I don't know. Uh, it's a weird situation there, but it sounds like you had a blast. I'm glad you avoided the Got rain. to meet Ian Kroll's aunt and uncle, too. She was very proud of him. I guess, I guess Ian Kroll is a local product from Naperville just like Nikki Lopez and he was in the bullpen and she was just beaming about him. She went on about 20, 30 minutes about him. It was a good conversation with Ian Kroll's aunt. What's in the water there? I don't know. Funk <laughs> Hauser was also there. He was getting uh, dapped up. He's from, he's a local product also. Wow. So it was uh, a big time day in the bullpen sports bar. I guess they call it the craft cave now. Yeah. Zach short, also a good kid. You know, he does the compound podcast with Ian Happ and he was on, Parkinson Spiegel at the beginning of the season, you know, former Cubs prospect. He's a solid dude. So, yeah, man, uh, you know, but the Sox do take two out of three. I should say my weekend, by the way, uh, as we're really stretching this thing out into two parts early here. Um, my weekend, oh, man, you, you can't, you know, you may tie it, but you ain't going to beat it. I took the day off of work on Friday. And I bought myself a ticket, yeah, and uh, as did you, uh, apparently. And so I got myself a, t- <laughs> a ticket to see the Many Saints of Newark, a Sopranos story. 
oh, I had a great time. You, you see a lot of people pushing back about this film, and I'm not going to get too much into it here, even though this is our platform and we could do whatever we want with it. But I know even some of my closest friends who are big Sopranos fans have yet to see the movie, so I'm not going to do any spoilers here. But I'm already starting to see some pushback. I'm going to have a full column posted on 670thescore.com when you're okay. listening to this Monday morning, because I, you know, when I enjoy something, sometimes I get the inkling to write about it and, and say what I enjoyed about it. So it's my spoiler-free review is going to be posted on the Score's website. All the things I loved about it, I thought it was well executed. Perfect movie? No, there are very few of those around for you to choose from. But I thought it was really well done. I am a sucker for the Easter eggs and references to other characters, and I thought they they put the Sopranos universe characters into context perfectly with some of the backstory stuff from the, the, the characters in the many saints movie. I loved it. There was not one second when I was in that movie theater where I did not enjoy myself. So I just had a, a bang up Friday. And then Saturday we took my daughter to go see Adam's family too, which was not as good. Uh, but at least it was quick. <laughs> like some of these kids movies are bad, but like, they're like, why is this thing? Why is this like the, the Godfather and you know, anthology or whatever it is, not the anthology, the, the Godfather saga, you know, what's going on here? Why is this, why is cars three, six hours long? Uh, but Adam's Family 2 was a delightful romp. We got in and out, and uh, I enjoyed lots of popcorn and lots of ginger ale this weekend. Oh, I was a naughty boy with the snacks, but what are you going to do? But it was just a great weekend, uh, culminating uh, in White Sox taking two out of three from the Tigers. So, we're you know, as we do the show here on Sunday night, I was hoping, hoping, hoping that we'd have some game times posted for Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. We do know the White Sox will be playing the Astros on Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. But with the Yankees and Red Sox playing uh, in, in the play-in, one of those teams is going to be in the mix for the postseason, so we know they're going to get the national late uh, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock start time. We know that's going to be a thing uh, to, cap- to capture that East Coast audience. So I can tell you we will probably not be doing a post-game show on the score on Thursday because it's probably going to be an afternoon game. And the same probably for Friday. I'm just speculating here. Now, we may get information here as before the show ends, but I would guess our best bet to do a post-game show is going to be Sunday. They're, they're probably not going to be the early game because of the marathon. I would hope they, they wouldn't do that to our Sox fans, um, but they're probably going to be like late afternoon game, in which case – you know, the Bears are going to be going on opposite the White Sox, so uh, who better to break down the game? I, I'm just speculating. I think we'll have one legitimate shot at this thing, um, and that's going to be Sunday. So stay tuned. We'll have more information from that. I have the press release all written up. We'll put it on our Twitter page, and you guys will be the first to know when we know when we're going to be on the air. But it's not going to be after every game because of conflicts on the score, and we got a Bulls game in there. So there's a, there's a lot going on here. So uh, yes. But I think whenever we are not on the score will definitely be here. Oh yeah, on locked on socks. Yeah, so that brings me to another thing. So we're probably going to change up our schedule a bit here for the week. So if you hear us not do a show on one of these days, that just means you know let's use common sense here and realize oh they're going to have a post game breakdown immediately after the game. So sit tight on that with all these moving parts here. So if you don't get a, a show Thursday morning. Uh, no, that's what it is. If you don't get a show Friday morning, that's what it is. Or if there's one missing during the week, no, that will have the recap 
on Sunday after Sunday's game. So there's a lot of moving parts here. Just bear with us. But it's what happens when you are uh, one of the final teams standing here going to the postseason. It's uh, an uptown problem, Rick Hahn. So I, I enjoy that. And if we can get a little time out here in the middle of the week, that'll be fine. If we have to do an extra show, that'll be fine because I just spoke to the Locked on MLB people and I think we may have an Astros preview coming at you on Wednesday. So there's a lot going on here, a lot of moving parts. We're just going to keep doing shows as we normally do. And if we have a little bit less, a little bit more, uh, you guys will uh, be the first to know and you'll benefit either way. So looking forward to that. So it's a big week. All right. We finally get some clarity on Tim Anderson's suspension. We'll talk about that next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at DirecTV. Welcome aboard, DirecTV. Does this sound familiar to you guys out there? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff, right? Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally Get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Direct TV, get your TV together compatible device required content varies by package hey Sox fans it's chris Tannehill here along with herb lawrence with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about get upside our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up just download the free get upside app in the app store or google play right now use promo code baseball and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up that's up to 50 cents cash back don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code BASEBALL to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code BASEBALL to get 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code BASEBALL. Download it now. Get Upside. Sox take a two out of three here. And Herb, when, when I look at this weekend series against Detroit, yeah, obviously the, the, the Sox are playing better baseball than they had been before they clinched. And you would have liked to finish this one off on Sunday. But overall, Herb, Sox taking two out of three in the fashion they did. And we're going to break down every little thing that matters from the series. But just overall, your thoughts on uh, the way the Sox uh, sort of concluded their uh, regular season slate here against the Tigers. I felt like the White Sox did exactly what White Sox fans would want them to do. Got their work in, did stay healthy, but didn't press the pedal down to the metal. I mean, once they found out that Houston won on Sunday, on Saturday, you know, probably some disappointment after the game, but the White Sox overall did a great job. It looked like on Saturday uh, specifically that, they were like, all right, we're going to pack it in. You know, the Houston's uh, doing a good job uh, of beating up the uh, A. Was it, a, it was the A's? Yeah, the A's yeah. at the time. And so it was a big lead. And the White Sox were down pretty uh, handedly. Dallas Keiko gave up a couple runs. Then <laughs> the heart of a champion showed up and came back and got that game. That is exactly what White Sox fans want. 
no give up. And then, you know, on Sunday, there was a lackluster game. I mean, the weather probably played a little bit into that. But I felt like the White Sox gave as much effort as they needed to without pushing themselves over the limit for games that didn't matter and ultimately didn't matter, Saturdays and Sundays specifically. And let's get before they took the field on Friday, uh, Tim Anderson met the media before the game on Friday Mm -hmm. and and talked about what happened with that, that little dust up last week or was it two weeks ago now in Detroit uh, with Tim Timmons after Jose Abreu got, got hit and uh, Tim explained what happened where he ended up getting a suspension. Listen to this and how wild is this shit? I the suspension a, and then B can you explain what happened in the whole scrum there in Detroit on Monday? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm surprised or not. Um, but yeah. Did you see the video? I saw, we, we all looked at it pretty closely and it was kind of hard to pick out specifically in the middle of that whole group there. Yeah. He was pushing me. So, I mean, I didn't realize who he was cause he was so close to pushing me. So I mean, what's your reaction when someone pushes you to push them up off of you? So I pushed them up off of me, and, I mean, I realized it was him. But at that point, it's too late. So, um, but, yeah, I pushed him, and he put, but he started it. He, he uh, initiated it, so I just pushed him back. I pushed him off of me because he was kind of in my space, a little, bit, a little too close. <laughs> was he pushing you to get out of the middle of the situation, or you have no idea? Nah, so he pushed me, and it was just like, you guys are – he was just saying, like, you guys are in the playoffs. You guys are in the playoffs. Uh, at that point, I'm thinking it's, you know, obviously we just got done pushing from, you know, from the other players. And so I pushed him off him and I told him I don't I don't give a And uh, I think he got – I think he was mad about that, that part that I said when I said I don't, I don't give a um, And that was it. But I didn't, I didn't realize it was umpire. I mean, obviously – we all know if I would have seen him and I knew that that who it was. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't just be pushing the umpire. He ain't do nothing to me. So uh, it kind of didn't make sense. But, I mean, it's okay. I mean, we're just going to deal with it and move on. Um, but, yeah, he definitely initiated it. So, yeah, of course, I'm going to push him back. And, you know, come to find out it was him. But it's all right. <laughs> So Tim taking in stride, but got to keep your head on a swivel when you're in the middle of a cockfight. Um, that was uh, that was that's bizarre behavior by by the umpire there in that mm-hmm. situation. What's going on there, Herbie? Discuss <laughs> inserting himself into situations he doesn't need to. Who cares? Um, you're pushing another person. You can't lay your hands on that person while they can't touch you. If you do that, like he was pushing Jose Abreu earlier to separate him from. Nico Goodrum to start the thing and then got into the middle of the whole scrum again. Like it's a double standard that doesn't make sense. You have to realize that if you're in a scrum, you don't look at, oh, is that the umpire? If somebody's pushing you, yeah, your ultimate next reaction, like I'm pushing right back. And yes, eventually, oh man, I saw the umpire uniform. Okay, cool. Sorry, ump, whatever. But you can't, like, he didn't get thrown out of the game. So they have to have like not this zero tolerance policy. Tim was in a scrum. They were at close quarters. If somebody pushes anybody, they're going to be natural reaction is fight or flight. So you either run away or you're going to push back. And that's what Tim did. I'm, I would do the same thing. I think everybody here who's listening to this would do the same exact thing in that situation where it's heated already. You're in some 
close quarters and a dude's all up in your space and pushing you on your chest and such. Like, nah, get off of me. I don't care who you are. Actually, for me, if an umpire was pushing me also, I'd be like, no, I don't care who you are. You're a man. I'm a man. I don't care if you have the authority over me in this game <laughs> as long as this scrum is going on we're man man versus man you can't be just touching me like so sorry Tekken. no I, i'm laughing i'm sure that was great but uh my uh my zoom is telling me that my connection is unstable I think my wife would tell my wife would tell you the same, um, especially now with the postseason here. I'm not uh, present, but Mike, I, it sounded like you like uh, you were robot drunk there, but it's not your fault. It was my connection was unstable, so I you know, robot drunk. <laughs> I mean, keep that shit in. Yeah, That'd be great. I was laughing the entire time because because oh, it was oh, like because you were talking about TA. You know, he's a yeah. I'm sure spot on analysis by you as always. Um, I, I mean, but. Probably just as good. But I was picturing you said fight or flight in a baseball fight. And I'm picturing what would happen if some someone on a baseball team during the scrum just turned around and ran to the ran. other direction. <laughs> I enjoyed that visual very much. Like you're just oh, and there goes Nick Madrigal running away from the fight. I'm just using Nick Madrigal as an example. I'm about to say, yeah, man. Nick Madrigal's listening. He's like, come on, man. No, I'm still a White Sox fan. Uh, do you think? Do you think he is? I mean, why wouldn't it be? He came up with the team. He still likes the people here. He'll be watching, have his white socks, his silver and black pom poms going. Well, I'm sure he's rooting for guys he played with, like like Gavin Sheets and them. But like, I wonder how a player feels about that. This is really off topic, but like, you get your your team is awesome. Your team's the balls. You're contributing. Mm. Your walk off hits, and then you get traded from that team. Like, there's got to be a little bit. Like, he's gonna get a ring if the Sox win a World Series, so he can't be too upset about that. He better put on a on, on put on a good face if he comes back on Ring Day. But yeah, there's got to be a little bit of part of him. It's like, man. Like I don't want I don't I don't yeah I don't want them to, to be in that dog pile without me you know what I mean like there's got to be a little bit of that it's got to be a weird feeling uh, for someone like Nick Madrigal anyway um, yeah so the the TA thing that that was weird but of course that's our guy you know uh, that's he responded accordingly and baseball's got to do better about that no one's out there to see the umps and I do appreciate. The ump in the, in the moment, knowing the situation, like, hey, you guys are in the postseason. What are we doing? Back up. But it's just one of those things where uh, Tim was on the wrong end, uh, being wrong, wrong place, wrong time uh, when when people are being shoved and, you know, punches are threatened <laughs> to be thrown. It's just it's what it is. Um, another news item here before we get to this weekend and the guys that are actually going to make a difference here. Uh, Carlos Rodon is going to throw on Tuesday. And this the side session, this bullpen he's going to have on Tuesday is going to determine uh, whether or not he's going to be on this postseason roster, which is still in the mix that he's not going to be on the roster. So this uh, is really a, a big question mark here going forward, and I don't know what Carlos Rodon is going to have to do to not make the roster, but I had never considered this as part of the equation. I, I, I don't think they do either. I think they think he's going to be on it unless it's it goes truly horrible in this side session. But what's the, the scenario here where Carlos Rodon is not on your roster? Like if he just physically can't throw anymore? Like I don't know if that's going to happen. What's going on here, Herb? That's the only scenario I can envision that Carlos Rodon's not on your roster because we went down the road of narrowing down our playoff roster a couple episodes ago and – Carlos Rodon is one of the best 13 pitchers that the White Sox have. 
probably top top 10, even at this lower velocity. If he cannot go as far as being hurt, that's the only way you get him off the mound. Otherwise, he could still get people out, as you saw with his start that he did his last start last Wednesday. He can get people out. Not, I mean, we talked about Houston is probably a little bit different there. And if you get those high change-ups and those 91-mile-per-hour fastballs in the in the Minute Park with, in a relief appearance or game four here at guaranteed rate, those balls might travel a little bit further, farther, further, farther. <laughs> I don't know. Um, There's no way But he could still get the job done in a playoff scenario where I can, like, okay, if Carlos Rodon comes into a game, either starting or relief appearance, I'm like, I don't mind this right here. It's a good thing. This guy has been pretty rock solid this whole year. He has pitched when he didn't have this good velocity, and he's pitched well. So him not making the postseason roster would be only because he can't make it because he's injured. So one of the ways that they brought me in on this Lockdown MLB show is Sully is like, hey, White Sox got to be feeling pretty good. Carlos Rodon uh, is back and healthy. <laughs> I was like, ooh, 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 ee, ee, no. <laughs> uh, you know, did you call him uh, Sully? Uh, well, they begged me. They said, please okay. call him Sully. Uh, so I did. Uh, you know, I, it was just shining respect. <laughs> um, so I had to break the news to everyone there, and you know, uh, about Carlos Rodon, how he was a different guy. So, yeah, man, I, I, I maintain that I think he'll he'll show just enough. Uh, they're not going to feel good about it, but uh, you know they're going to have someone uh, ready to rock here. Maybe Michael Kopech will piggyback, and we'll talk about him uh, in a second here. But uh, getting to this weekend, Lance Lynn took the bump on Friday, and he did Lance Lynn things, and he pretty much did exactly what you wanted him to do. He throws five innings, four hits, just one run, only strikes out four, but this was the last opportunity for a regular season tune-up here heading into the postseason, especially after a week previous where Lance Lynn came out of that game and he had a little bit of the the back injury there and he talked about the knee that was giving him problems and you know he didn't seem too phased by it then he comes back out and uh, and deals like the bulldog that he is what did you think about Lance Lynn's final tune-up before the postseason on Friday or exactly where I wanted it to be he was all business he got the job done got his innings in but also was telling Detroit okay man come on you guys you guys are not on our level yeah enjoy your one enjoy your run but this is my chance to get myself ready for what we are going to be thinking of as a long extended run. He was awesome. I, you know, the, I think the outing before I was like, not great, not awesome. This one, he got his work in. That's all it was. Five innings, giving up one run and looked good. Looked like the Lance Lynn that was just maybe not, you know, 100% dialed in, but getting across the message like, while I don't have my A-plus stuff, you guys ain't fucking with me today. Now what? Hit if you can, guys. Here it is. Oh, you can't? Cool. Here's four strikeouts and here's a wall. <laughs> so here's uh, what Lancelin said after his outing about sort of how he's feeling here after his final tune-up. I know you usually like, you know, going as long as, as they'll let you, but to, to have the bullpen come in and, and do what it did, what does it kind of show that that relief group for you guys can do in the playoffs? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, we're deep. Uh, you know, we get in the right situation with the lead. We've got guys that we are confident in and have the ability to do a lot of good things. So, uh, you know, tonight uh, – Kind of was scripted out and went 
as well as it possibly could, but we also showed what we're capable of when it comes to a playoff shortening game. And Lance, Tony mentioned that you got to work on a lot of stuff, use your full pitch mix. What? How do you rate this in terms of getting you ready for the playoff? Uh, the only thing that really matters is I'm feeling as healthy as I possibly can, so it's an A. We're ready to rock. Raider Rock, it's good to hear right there, and we love hearing from Lance Lynn and his very short answers. He he suffers no fools. Not that there's a fool on the on that video chat or whatever, but he just he's not here for uh for the song and dance of the post game media session, and I respect that. That's like me in the pre show meeting on Parkers and Spiegel. Let's just get through it. Here's there's the things. Let's get through it and keep it moving. And I'm ready to rock here. So back to Friday's game. The Sox win eight to one, and uh, the the big blow coming early here. Uh, Jose Abreu getting the Sox on the board early with the solo shot and he contributes later on he, he had an RBI double uh, bases loaded walk he is locked and loaded ready for this postseason man that's another guy who was kind of uh, in, in in caught in between I think uh, of late but uh, maybe that hit by pitch there last week kind of wake in to Jose Abreu a little bit here and I think he's ready to go heading into the postseason he just crushed that ball got his 30th home run of course 100 RBIs are already in the bag so it's good to see got a nice day off on Sunday to just rest himself and get uh what five six days off of his feet, and he already got his numbers and he's seemingly going into this postseason on a high. So let's keep it going. We need him. We need everybody. And if everybody's clicking on all cylinders, which right now it's not, it's gonna be a great season for the White Sox. We get to Saturday's game, uh, the Sox winning 5-4, to four, the final regular season victory of the year, putting the Sox at 93 wins on the season, a very successful year considering all the injuries. But this is one of my favorite victories of the of the year, I think, Herb, and it really it has no bearings on, on the, the final standings per se or – you know, it wasn't a deciding game in terms of home field advantage or anything like that. You know, it didn't do anything for anyone who who uh, was trying to cash in on the over because that over already came through. Um, you know, but this is one of my favorite wins because they were down early and then they tried to see what Dallas Keigel could do in a bullpen role. And I think, uh, you know, that decision should have been made, I think, after Saturday's outing where Keigel comes in and goes two-thirds of an inning, gives up four hits, three runs. They were all earned. Um, just every ball finding a hole as they as they are one to do when a Dallas Keuchel is out there pitching, especially against the Tigers, by the way. They put the bat on the ball. I like that they're a good young team. Uh, but this is one of my favorite victories of the year because you give up the three runs in the seventh. Then you bounce mm-hmm. bounce back with three of your own in the seventh. And and then, I mean, let's get back to that seventh inning before we move on. You got everyone chipping in. Moncada doubling, Sheets, RBI single, TA with the RBI single, uh, you know, uh, to get you back within one at four to three. And then the big blow in the eighth inning coming off the bat of Yohan Moncada going opposite field into the bullpen. It's one of my favorite victories of the year. Of course, Liam Hendricks comes out and locks it down in the ninth inning there. But to come back like that in the eighth inning, especially for Yohan to do it. Yohan hasn't mm-hmm. had, had, yeah, he hasn't had many signature moments throughout the season, but this was big for him. And God almighty, if they can get Johan going uh, in addition to T.A., who we know is going to be ready, Grandal, hopefully he can stay hot going into the postseason. But a, a locked and loaded Johan Moncada, a confident Johan Moncada, who said that his shoulder was barking at him a little bit on, 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 on throwing plays, but overall it feels okay. But to get him going uh, offensively, that's going to be huge for this team. And I thought that was really nice for him to have that moment on Saturday night because that place was rocking on Saturday, man. 
yes, it was on fire. It sounded from at home like it was really loud there that day. I don't know what the paid attendance is, about 36,000 paid attendance for a Saturday night game, like the send off. Everybody's going to see him from one last time. Um, Yoan, two doubles and a home run. And he made a play earlier in the game where it was a chopper where Lucas could have failed, fielded it, but he let it go because he knew Yoan's right behind him. Yoan charges and fires pretty much in the same motion and gets him out by like 10 feet. I was like, Yoan's on one. He's might be struggling with the power bat up to that point, but this fielding is undefeated right now. And he's getting his uh, uh, groove in that, in that regard. He's made a couple plays lately that I'm like, man, Yoan is one of the best third basemen in the game, especially at the field. And then to see him take that ball, I think it was from Funkhauser and just, let it get deep and go left center field into the bullpen. Man, awesome to see that Johan Johan is getting his offensive stroke good and the power bat going because, like you said, that's our sixth place hitter right now. If he's hitting, what's the other five in front of him doing? I mean, one guy in particular is not doing the things that we expect him to do, and that's Aloy Jimenez. But if Johan starts hitting, and we saw what Aloy did in his limited time last year in the ALDS versus the Oakland A's. And Luis Robert hit a home run today. And you, we've seen what Grandal has been doing. And Timmy last year was nine for what? Nine for nine in the playoffs. We talked about Jose Abreu. Mercy. Like, Houston's going to be like, I'm, I'm out, guys. Stop. Stop the fight. And it's great to see. These guys are rounding into form and if you want to give Tony LaRusso credit for getting these guys the proper rest, and it seems like they've got on the IL, got that rest period of from the IL, either if fandom, phantom injuries or just resting some uh, nagging injuries, it seems like they're all coming up to a crescendo for the playoffs. And if that is of Tony's doing, God bless. Good job, Tony LaRusso. Yeah, I got to say, man, like when you look at this, this, this team where they were a month ago, and we were very concerned about just the way they were playing, and we were putting our, our total trust into Tony and, to, and Rick Hahn that they know what they were doing, and this was all by design, the, the rest, the IL stints, you know, all of that. You know, th- This is something that we just had no choice but to just put our faith in those guys, and I think they executed it pretty well because they managed to keep everyone healthy for the most part. They were able to get the clinch out of the way. You know, it wasn't as soon as people wanted it, but – once they clinched, they took some time, took a, took a breath, and now they're they're going into the playoffs with a little bit of momentum. And it's hard to to be upset at about how anything was handled. And I know you'd prefer to have home field against Houston, but it just wasn't in the cards. It was, it was close. You gave it a shot, but I think they knew the health of this team was paramount to any uh, you know home field advantage because all you got to do is, is take one of those first two games and you swung it back in your favor. But let's get back to Lucas Giolito, who was really good on Saturday night as well. Pitches five innings, two hits. One run, it was earned, just a one walk, three strikeouts. Uh, it looked like it was by design that they had him only go five. There's no need. I think he was around 70 pitchers or so. But, uh, you know, did you see Herb uh, last week when Lucas Giolito did that? Uh, I think it was an Instagram Live with uh, Jess Mendoza. I don't know if you saw those uh, screen, screen grabs. Well, you know, they were doing a thing for uh, ESPN, I guess, or whatever. It was a charity thing. And uh, and Rick Giolito, Lucas's dad, and also Casey Giolito, they were in the chat. Oh, they they yeah. were they were in the chat, and uh, and Rick Giolito was quick to point out that in 2018, Lucas Giolito, Lucas Giolito, 
worst pitcher in baseball. He was quick to point that out in the chat, and and Lucas kind of saw that on the side of his eye, and he's laughing a little bit. And then Casey chimes in where uh, he had something you couldn't see in the stats. And uh, so people took screen grabs of this stuff, and uh, and I love it. I love, uh, you know, of course, Stephen A. Smith. Uh, Stephen B. Smith. <laughs> Stephen, that's right, Stephen B. Smith, uh, you know, uh, doing his thing on those uh, guaranteed rate commercials. But, uh, yeah, man, that, that was pretty funny. But uh, I was very impressed and, and pleased and satisfied with Lucas's outing on Saturday. Yeah, very much so. Just like um, we had with Lance Lynn, he's ramping up to the playoffs. Now, I saw a little glimpse of possessed Lucas in that game, but not a lot. He knew that it wasn't the time to pull that out, but to get kind of in that mode. Um, he was getting matched pitch for pitch from Manning. Manning was, oof, man, last two times the White Sox have seen that guy. Matt Manning has been filthy versus them. But Lucas was trying to go pitch for pitch and get uh, those Detroit Tigers out as much as he could. And hmm, I just thought that he was just ramping up just like uh, Lance Lynn was trying to do. And as we saw on Sunday, they got Cease out early in the game. Just get your work in. Get your arm loose. Get some live bullets out there and see how it feels. But we're not pushing you to the limit. We're not sitting you out here for 100 pitches. I think he had 72 pitches on Saturday night. And I look forward to his start next Friday night or Friday afternoon in Houston because I know that possessed man is going to come back and watch out, Houston. So Lucas Giolito getting his 200th strikeout of the season on Saturday. Dylan Cease had already eclipsed that mark, so they become the first two teammates uh, for the White Sox to get the 200 strikeouts since 1971, Tom Bradley and Wilbur Wood. Take a quick timeout, wrap this thing up here next on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. Don't you love freedom of choice? That's what we love about this country, right? Well, it's no different at BuiltBar.com. They have so many different delicious flavors for you to try. There's something for everyone. Every Built Bar fan that I know, they've got their different favorite flavors. I have mine. Herb has his. Mine, of course, German chocolate. Thankfully, I still have a surplus here from the last time I ordered them. I'm down about 25 pounds now. Thanks to our friends at Built Bar. I've been replacing a lot of those bad sugary snacks with Built Bars, and it's made all the difference. There's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut, Cherry Barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies and Cream, and of course, German Chocolate. So if you haven't tried all these great flavors, great way to get introduced to something new is mix it in. Get a mixed box of Built Bars. That way you can try something new along with the flavors that you already love. So when you get the mixed box, you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. And best of all, they're not only delicious, they're also healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein in each bar calories ranging from 130 to 180 only four to five grams of sugar and just four to five grams of net carbs per built bar all delicious all good for you order today built bar the official protein bar of u.s track and field go to builtbar.com and use our promo code lock 15 and that's going to get you 15 percent off your next order at builtbar.com let's go on ahead and, uh, and close this thing out here as tom terrific has led his team down the field here uh, against the Patriots, and they've taken a lead with two minutes left. But, uh, yeah, man, it's a, it a fun show, fun two shows there. The weekend recap, we were able to knock out two 
two shows there, and uh, we'll see what the rest of the week holds here. So as of now, we're, we're taping this on Sunday night. We don't know the game times yet, and uh, I think we have just uh, given ourselves a couple evenings off here to start the week, which I am uh, all here for. So let's uh, pat ourselves on the back, but that's all I got today, Herb. That is Chris Tannehill at Chris Tannehill, me, Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23, and the show is at Locked On Socks on Twitter, Instagram, and thank you, as I said before, this is, you know, the tagline, but it was sincere before. This is just the tagline. Making like the White Sox. Huh. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen in the morning every single damn day. And Mom. Lockdown Sox is available and free on all these platforms. Every one of them, including YouTube at Lockdown Sox. So for Chris, I'm Herb. Thank you. Enjoy your weekend. Lock on socks. Enjoy your weekend. <laughs> oh, we're still here. Damn it. Enjoy your week. Locked on socks, you jerks. I'm tired and drunk. Check back in with us tomorrow. We're going to continue our weekend breakdown. Talk about Michael Kopech and the good things he's doing. We'll open up the mailbag. Hear your phone calls as well. That's tomorrow coming up on Locked on White Socks.